Hi, I'm Katya. And I'm Rin. And we're the Commonwealth Center for Holistic Herbalism here in Boston, Massachusetts. So welcome to episode three of our podcast. Wait, uh, you didn't say it. Oh, right. And everywhere on the internet. Yay! That's That's where we are. So, uh, like always, we just want to start off with our, uh, I guess it's a disclaimer. So, here we go. We are not doctors. We are herbalists and holistic health educators. Ideas discussed in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. In our home state, Massachusetts, herbalists are not licensed, and these discussions are for educational purposes only. When we're discussing any discrete condition or a symptom, we aim to keep our conversations general enough to outline the major relevant factors, as we see them, and also to provide guidance and insight into the points of variation among individuals and how that will affect a plan or a protocol. And also, we want to remind you that good health is in your own, it's in your own hands. It's your own personal responsibility. The final decision when you're considering any course of therapy, whether it's discussed on the internet or prescribed by your pres- physician, is always yours. And our dog, Elsie, would like to shake her ears in strong <laughs> approval. <laughs> yeah. All right, then. So here we are. What have you been thinking about lately, Ladybird? Well, I've been thinking about um, about these little plants. I've just been so completely captivated by this kind of genre, for lack of a better word, of plants that are small and delicate and absolutely lovely and tremendously powerful. Maybe you are thinking about heather flowers. Yeah. Because they are so tiny and so pink. And yeah, yeah, so small. Is that what you were thinking about? Um, actually, specifically, um, I'm really thinking about chamomile and self heal. But it could, but but yes, there's going to be a lot of different plants in this in this category. But these two were were on my mind a lot lately, and and just got me thinking about it. Self heal. If you've been following along on social media or in our blog. Self-heal is the herb of the week right now, and chamomile was a while back. And so I just, I've just been really thinking about this as a topic, sort of in the back of my mind. It's been swirling around, and it's getting stronger and stronger. So, you know, in this country, chamomile is mostly considered to be like an innocuous after-dinner tea. And even at that, typically it's brewed very weakly. Mm. And most people, frankly, I think most people don't even know what self-heal is. Like, they don't know what that plant looks like. Mm. So, our dog, our dog really wants to be part of this podcast. Sorry. Actually, we can just cut that part out. Okay. Yeah, we'll cut it. I think that most people don't even know what self-heal is. So, um... I'm going to put pictures of both of these plants in the blog post that goes with this podcast. Or, of course, you could just Google them, too. But they're both just such lovely plants and really delicate and pretty. It's funny because in parts of South America, chamomile has a totally different reputation than it does here. Um, A friend of ours um, who's an herbalist in West Virginia tells the story of how she had a really serious infected wound on her ankle and um, so she she was in Nicaragua at the time, and she came back to the States and um, went to a hospital, and they said, 
oh, it has to be amputated. That's This infection is so bad. And she says that she literally left the hospital and got right back on a plane and went back to Nicaragua because she didn't like she didn't like that that answer um and she went back to a village that she'd been working in and let the herbalist there take care of it instead because she had more faith in that and um that herbalist used chamomile and um you know in 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 fact the the foot did not get amputated it did heal fine there's a little bit of a scar now but um but it did it did heal up fine and like obviously this is a much longer story than I'm telling. I'm not really leaving out any of the herbal details, but but there were lots of reasons that brought her to that choice. And I'm definitely not saying you should just ignore your doctor if you have a serious <laughs> infection. No. Like this is not medical advice. But but it is an opportunity to really marvel at the tremendous power of, of this of this little flower and how when it was applied by a woman who knew how to work with it and also who knew how to work with wounds. So basically it was good nursing care. Which is wicked important. It was just so important. It's a whole separate thing from what's the best herb to fight my infection. Yeah, yeah. That, that gets you like, I don't know, uh, that gets you not very far <laughs> without the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, the good nursing care is important. But, but basically this plant had these Herculean results that, that were sort of against all the odds. And... And she says that in Nicaragua, they plant chamomile on purpose because it's a powerful plant. And, and you know, when they could be planting other things, they're choosing to plant chamomile. So I think that's, that's it's a really powerful story. And if you go back through history, you can find a jillion similar accounts about self-heal. And that's interesting, but it's almost more interesting to me that if you search through Google Scholar, which is like a, if you haven't tried this, it's it's pretty fun. It's a, a search engine for scholarly articles or like scientific studies and whatever. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good way that you can search across all of the scientific journals in one search bar. Hmm. It's a little less rigorous than something like PubMed, but it casts a wider net. So yeah. keep, your, keep your critical thinking hat on, but it is a good place to look. Um, if you search through there or if you search through PubMed or, um, the different, the different journal libraries, you can find just as many scientific studies that are reaching that conclusion as you find those historical accounts. So that, that self-heal is just this tremendous, amazingly potent plant. And, and so... It's, it isn't so much that I need the scientific study to validate the history, but it's so interesting to me to see a plant that has this enormous pile of studies backing its ability to do really some pretty miraculous things that when you read this in a historical account, you might be like, oh, yeah, whatever. They were just writing. Like, they didn't know. We do tend to do that, right? We'll read about some herb, and the person will be saying, "This is good for snake bites, and it's good for wounds, and it's good for when somebody falls off their horse." And it's, <laughs> you know, uh, the widow used it for this person who was having a difficult birth, and like on and on. And we do tend to be like, "Ah, not yeah, really. Come they on. didn't really know." You know? But it's so like so. It's it's really interesting when then science does the same, and self heal is a plant that has a, a large number of studies, a large body of scientific work. Um, done on it and like 
like, so there's these studies saying it fights viruses and it fights bacteria and it fights cancer and it can cure amnesia. And you're like, what? Like, amnesia? Seriously? Um, as, and it's just a pretty flower. Like, it's so small and unassuming. And most people would just walk right past it. I think your message today is kind of like the opposite of... Uh... Of one you give sometimes, which is, uh, I don't have a flower for your sucking chest wound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, there are some things that are just, you know, of a degree or... It's really more of a type, I suppose, than than degree, really, that you just... You can't you can't do that with, yeah, yeah, that's, with tea or with a compress. Yeah, like, I, I don't... You need a surgeon, ha- you need... Yeah, if, <clears throat> if you need a... blood a, transfusion, the whole thing, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't have a flower for that. But apparently, sometimes you really do. So it's this, all these thoughts have been sort of swirling around in my head with the sort of general zeitgeist lately around ideas of gender and work and gender roles and what those mean and what they should mean. And, and I guess really all of those sort of popular meme thoughts right now basically just boil down to how do we all be good humans and live together or if you want to be more cynical how do how do we not be jerks <laughs> you know but but i really think that chamomile and self-heal and the other little flowers are are like ambassadors for that in the plant world and and kind of showing us like modeling this good behavior from the plant world and these are these two little plants that are both gentle enough to basically have no drug interactions. They're safe enough to give to children. And they're just, I, I know I keep saying it, but they're just so pretty. But they're also capable of this tremendous work. And it just makes me think that no one should judge. You know, like, if you want to wear a pink tutu or paint your fingernails or wear lipstick or fancy earrings... And you also want to know how to build your own house and use power tools. And you can also do laundry without shrinking it. And you can cook a tasty meal. And like... Oh, and, and butcher a hog and calm a spaceship. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, or the other ones. You get a planet invasion. The whole thing, right? The the um, Heinlein. Yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. I love that one. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like pink is for girls and girls are pretty and they're not strong. And boys should use tools, and they're really strong, but they might hurt you. Like, you know, Chaparral, maybe, or Celandine. <laughs> right. like, well, plants. sure, and people love to, to, well, some people, for a while, sometimes, occasionally, get in the <laughs> habit of gendering their plants and be like, when we talk about sage, we refer to this as he. We say, yeah, sage can help you with this, and he's really good at that. And then when we talk about, like, sometimes it's nettle, but sometimes it is, like, chamomile or self-heal or lemon balm you know this like floppy little mint marshmallow so soft and gentle she's so lovely for you and like yeah we've toyed with that for a while but i think over the last few years you and i have both kind of given up on referring to our plants that way some people have that other uh pronoun that they use for non-human intelligences i I can never remember cool people have been using it for a while um so there yeah there's different like tendrils out there and <laughs> people trying out different things for this stuff but but you're right you know something that's like big and thorny and like devil's club you, like, yeah. you can imagine <laughs> the impulse people would have to be like oh yes there's very male plant over there very masculine energy and whatever but it's like 
I don't know. You can just, you can be all the things that you can be. And it doesn't really matter if you have pretty flowers and you're little or you have spiky spines and you grow in the desert or it's like chamomile and self heal are the like all caps. You do you, you know, um, bumper sticker of, of the herbal world. And like, like that message is, is coming across from them. And even with even with self heal in particular, like that's kind of a clunky name. It's not like it rolls off the tongue, but but it's also super empowering to be like, oh, self heal. You know, like, that's even kind of cool. But I don't know. I just these plants are, and I don't know. I'm personifying or anthropomorphizing or whatever. Except I'm not because there is, you know, there's plant intelligence and and. It's it's like there's so many things that we can learn from plants. And look, also, we can learn from pa- plants that just be who you are. If that's pink, sparkly fingernail polish and and power tools, then that's totally fine. Like, whatever it is, just be who you are. And everybody else, just accept that and be happy. Just be like, yay, be you, you know? I don't know. Sounds good. Anyway, I guess I should share like a few things about these two plants besides the fact that they're total ambassadors for for being small but powerful or whatever. But um, chamomile is, you know, I had a client come in once and say, I just want you to know I have a very serious chemical imbalance in my brain. I don't want you to tell me that I need chamomile or something stupid like that. And all I could think was, oh God, you need chamomile. <laughs> and, and I, and like, not in an insulting way to her, but just like chamomile is, is how I calm down. Like that's, I'm a pretty tight wound person and, and, and I come down with chamomile. So like, I feel pretty confident that it can help other people calm down too. But I also love chamomile for digestive upset. And I really love it for wound healing and for um, all different kinds of skin issues. Lately, I've been really into it, especially for super dry dragon scale skin. Um, So it's really like it has a wide range of application and that isn't even all of it, but it's just the first ones that came to mind. Oh my goodness. And it's such a great anti-spasmodic. I love it for menstrual cramps. But you got to make it like you mean it though. Yeah, good and good and strong and a little bitter, you know, like it's okay to be a little bitter. Um, I like it for when I'm holding tons of tension in my body and can't relax at night. And self-heal is my new obsession. Holy cow. Self-heal is one of those plants that I kind of had in a box for a while mentally of like, Oh yeah, that's good for moving my lymph in my legs and that's great for my varicose veins and that's great for, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And, and it is like, it is, but self-heal is also a tremendously potent wound healing plant. It's a biofilm disruptor. It is a lymphatic stimulant, not just in the, in the lower body, but really all through the body and a really potent one. It is antiviral and antibacterial, um, and it doesn't even taste bad. Like, oh my goodness, and I didn't mention digestive stuff. Like, it's so lovely for, um, you know, IBS or irritations in the bowel and in the intestines. Um, just to help soothe and heal that. 
And it doesn't even taste bad. It's not even like, oh, this is great medicine and it's a pretty flower, but oh, it tastes so terrible. Like, it tastes great, actually. Mm. I had some today. I had a big pot of it with, it was just self-heal and linden mixed together. And it was really, I was having such a hard time today. Like, today was one of those days where I just had to really fight for it and, and be like, you can do it. You can get through this day. And and linden and self-heal together were an amazing, that was an amazing quart of tea, I have to tell you. <laughs> nice. Anyway, that's what's been on my mind lately. Cool. What's been on your mind? What are you thinking about? We've been so busy, I haven't even talked to you this week. That isn't true, but like, kind of it is. Yeah. Mm. Well, so in the midst of uh, working on one of the projects we have going right now, I was reviewing um, uh, sort of a general survey of uh, all of our class material that we've already written. And um, one of the things that leapt out at me, because I was, I was compiling a sort of an index of a variety of different uh, conditions or, like, named problems that we've covered uh, across almost all of our teaching material. I tried to survey as much as I could. Um, and then what actually jumped out at me the most was how much of what we teach is not actually about some named condition or some named disease state mm. or this is what my problem is called and I have it, <laughs> you know, which is a... Which is an issue we talk a lot about in our in our second year and our third year with our students who are entering into clinical practice and are, are trying to figure out like how do I navigate getting from uh, what somebody's problem is called down to um, what we're going to look at on an herbal energetics level or on a like a syndrome picture level, um, and that's a large part of the work we do in that in those years. So. Anyway, uh, it was just jumping out at me that we do a lot of work on food and on sleep and on stress and on movement, and of course that's kind of our sort of our thing. Um, <laughs> it's the way we like to arrange our thoughts for almost any problem, especially the long-lasting chronic ones. Um, and one aspect of that that I was thinking a lot about today was uh, the way that we'll sometimes talk about plants uh, less so for their like specific medicinal magic and more because they're plants and because whoever eats the most vegetables wins. <laughs> yeah. And whoever spends the most time with plants feels the happiest <laughs> and other aphorisms like that. So we have some plants that we almost always make sure to, to mention that. Like when we talk about nettle, we'll talk about, you know, it can reduce histaminic activity over here and it can, you know, have this effect on uh, your conversion of testosterone to DHT over there if you use the roots and can do this other thing, and that's all really great, and it's a diuretic, and this and that. But also, sometimes we solve problems with nettle because you just had insufficient nettle. You just didn't have <laughs> enough dark green, mineral-rich, proteinaceous, you know... Plant matter. Yeah, it just wasn't in your life. And nettle's providing a lot of things, uh, not least of which, you know, again, like really basic stuff, like calcium and magnesium and iron and, uh, you know protein and fiber and uh in this case also chlorophyll and folate things like that that we need a lot of even though it's it's acting pretty weakly in our system it has it's a a low potency but high volume uh component of a healthy diet uh, whatever else may be going on with that so this is an aspect of you know a general issue that we have in our society today where there's a sort of plant deficiency, or if you want to be reductionist about it, you can say, well, the problem is that 
you know, human bodies evolved in a context where we had a, a sort of a saturation point of uh, variable phytochemistry that we would encounter just because we eat a lot of wild food and because we walk around in the forest and we breathe in the tree breath <laughs> and, yeah. you know, we're surrounded by these things and engage with them all the time and how there are lots of things that are missing from our modern experience because people find themselves in a city and they're surrounded by a human environment and so they don't get that sort of uh, environmental exposure to plants and tree breath and <laughs> other good things that come into us that tree, way. Tree breath is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Tree breath, you know. Light terpenes, wafting <laughs> on the wind, having effects on your autonomic nervous system through the olfactory bulb, you know, like the whole thing. Yeah. We, could, we could just say essential oils and that would be so incomplete and also <laughs> not, you know, it is, it is essential oils that are slowly evaporating like incense from trees, but, mm-hmm. um, it's so much more than that. Yeah. And, you know, so that's a problem where a lot of people don't have time with plants or a lot of, uh, contact time with the natural world. And, uh, and then there's also the, the thing where we've sort of bred a lot of nutrient value out of our food and the quest to have things be larger and sweeter and less bitter and less fibrous. Right, yeah. And so that's going to take away things that are important for us, whether it's the bitter aspect that stimulates <laughs> digestion from your dandelion leaf or most of your wild green plants, as opposed to like iceberg spinach or lettuce or really either of those. <laughs> uh, if there wasn't iceberg spinach, that would totally be crabby. You like, you don't want that. You want the like wild bitter stuff for that. And then you also want, you know, like you said, fibrous things because your gut flora love that. And that's, you know what we would have had massive amounts of in our diet in pre-industrial times. For that matter, we don't want stuff to be softer either. That's a big contributor to things like um, TMJ trouble and whatever else, because we're not using our jaw to build up certain sets of muscles. So, like, we need the stuff that takes a little effort to chew. Sure. And and just like the bitters are sort of a challenge to your to your body, it says, oh, I better wake up and pay attention for that. I better break that down real fast just in case it happens to be poison. <laughs> With fiber, like, you have to work a little bit for it, but that's good for you. It's, you know, all of this is, you could model it in the same way as exercise. It's a hormetic stressor. It's something that is a challenge, but then as long as, as, long as you leave the time for recovery mm-hmm. and you provide the materials that you can recover properly, then you become stronger as a result of that challenge. So... You know, um, yeah, we do focus a lot on these kind of aspects of of herbal medicine. We find them to be really powerful, uh, even if they're gentle and safe. And this kind of connects to what you've been thinking about, I suppose, where we have these plants that are really safe, and they would be more on the food side of your, like, food-to-poison spectrum of plant potency, right? Yeah, I mean, most of the plants that we work with actually are mm-hmm. much closer to the food side than anything else. Yeah. So this this sort of chain of reasoning here of humans need to be involved with plants in lots of ways, including as food, as uh, as environmental exposure, and that if you aren't getting that from your diet or from your life habits, then you can get a lot of that from herbalism in the form of tea and tinctures and, you know, Zoom balls and all of these ways that we can get <laughs> yeah. herbs into people. Um and so lately, when I find myself meeting somebody for the first time and trying to explain what I do as an herbalist, and I was out the other week and somebody was giving me the rundown of like, well, how do you know it works? <laughs> and this was where I started from uh, and where I have been for a little while now, actually, um, with this idea that 
humans need lots of plants. We don't have them. And uh, you can take an evolutionary tack on it, and you can just look at what did our bodies evolve to expect was going to be in our environment. What work did they outsource to the environment itself? Just like we don't have the uh, metabolic machinery that cats have to produce vitamin C out of meat. Right? We can't. We don't do that because we stop. It stopped being necessary. We had enough fruits and vegetables and other things in our environment for a long enough period of time that the body said, "Great, I don't have to worry about that one." <laughs> that it, was expensive. Yeah, cost saving and outsourcing and right. But it did a lot of the same things in the context of like, here's how much exposure to, you know, aromatic plant volatiles you would breathe in in the course of your day, and here's how much fiber you would chew and leafy greens you would get and all this other kind of stuff that people just aren't getting. So that's a, a pervasive intervention. That's one that's going to have uh, impacts on a lot of low-level processes in the body that if problems manifest there, then it's going to build up into something really serious, especially the longer it goes on. So, yeah, that's something I was thinking about earlier. That actually, um, that does kind of actually twine right in because... You know, I mean, we we have friends and whatever who everybody has their own style of practice. And um, we have a friend in particular who just really loves working with very strong, very heroic kinds of plants and is very good at that. Um, and that's cool. But but like we get so far with with just food and with these these gentler not exactly gentle but like non heroic interventions it's like you know giving up sugar well okay giving up sugar is kind of heroic but <laughs> but like can be, yeah. eating more vegetable and less cake is that it that's not sexy that's not like some big impressive intervention but it works it just works and and just like these little tiny plants, these little pretty flowers, like there's nothing huge and heroic and emergency room about them. And yet both of these plants, if we ran emergency rooms and we stocked them with herbs, they would totally have a legitimate place. And and it it wouldn't be, oh, these are the ones that are safe for babies but don't really work. You know, it would it would be these are these are our powerhouses. They 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 have that place there. And a lot of times, you know, if if somebody has something going on, whether that's a chronic thing or an acute thing or whatever, and and we use those big heroic plants to address it, but we neglect the real basic stuff like nettle and sleep and good quality food and have you eaten a vegetable today that wasn't iceberg lettuce and or at all. I or mean. Pizza. It's yeah, pizza. It's so easy in this culture to go through an entire day and not eat a vegetable. It is so easy to do. And it doesn't make anybody a bad person if you're like sitting there saying, holy cow, I think I didn't eat any vegetables today. Like, that's just a product of the world that we live in right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that that these interventions, you know, we you can get somewhere with those big, strong herbs, but it's temporary. You got to support it with with this background boring you know like oh man I gotta think about what I eat yeah oh man I gotta go outside and yeah you do you gotta do that well 
All right. Well, that fit together nicely. <laughs> so uh, let's see. What else is going on for us? We just put up a video for Veterans, Veterans Day. Day. Uh, we hey, talked, we were in the woods when we did it. We were. We talked a bit about forest bathing and about white pine. Um, and so you can check that out on our YouTube channel. And then uh, what have we got going on? So this weekend, um, coming up this Sunday, if you're here in Boston, we're having our next free clinic. Uh, so if you have been hearing our voice on the Internet and are <laughs> around town, then come in and visit us. We'd love to chat with you and see what we can do for you. And... Uh, I don't know. It's it's oh the winter green market. The winter green market, of course. It's next don't Saturday, Saturday the twenty fifth, November twenty fifth, and we're so excited to be there. It, you can do all of your holiday shopping there. It's so amazing if you're you know here local in town. Yeah. It's in Somerville at the Armory. We'll be there, and my awesome new. Um, herbal oracle deck will also be there. It can be an oracle deck, or it can be study cards, or it can be both. Yeah. So I'm so excited to have that ready. It's at the printer right now. I'm like, yay! Nice. Yeah, you can learn more about that one at herbstock.org. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Okay then. So uh, we'll see you. We'll speak to you next week. And. Oh wait! One other thing. I knew there was. That's why I was stalling. Yeah, there. yeah, there that. is one that, other right? thing. You guys were like, he's totally stalling. <laughs> you know. I hear you. All right. So, so um, today, this or this podcast is going to drop on November 17th. It, it's That's actually tomorrow. Um, and the other thing that is happening on November 17th is that I was interviewed um, by another podcast called Still Growing. And that podcast... Um, the interview was like an hour and a half long and it's about s- really simple, basic plants that you can use for cold and flu care. Um, and if you're a person who gardens, these are probably plants that you grew this year in your garden. Um, so definitely check that out. That na- the name of that podcast is still growing. Um, and I'm really excited to have been interviewed for it. And I'm going to be on it another couple times, once this winter and then in the spring. So that was really, really fun. And I enjoyed it. Nice. So do your podcast thing. Yeah. Look for Still Growing. Still Growing. Cool. Nice. All right, right now I think that's actually it. Okay, we're done. We did it. No, no more selling. <laughs> Go get some tea. All right, see you later. <laughs>